Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Introverted Exhibitionist Podcast. I'm your host, Robert Shoshanik. I'm a USA Today best-selling author. I've written dozens of short stories and novels and comics and poems and essays that have been published all around the world. And I'm glad to be here with you today talking about my world, my life, and my writing. So uh, let's go right into the latest events uh, since the last uh, podcast. Um, It's been a busy time for me here in November. It's uh, always a big writing month for me. Um, I guess it's no coincidence that people pick this as NaNoWriMo month, right? National Novel Writing Month. It's just a good time of year to be sitting at the keyboard. There isn't as much great weather outside, at least not where I live in Pennsylvania. And uh, it's just a good time to be writing. It's cold. You can't go out and have as much fun. And it's just, it's good. So anyway, I'm happy to say that in the last week, Since the last podcast that I recorded, I started a new novel. It's called Earth Taker, and it's the sequel, it's the third book in a series. Uh, It's an urban fantasy series about Gaia Charmer, who is the human avatar of uh, Mother Earth. She's Mother Earth in human form, and she has adventures. She's based in western Pennsylvania. And uh, I've had two other books in the series so far, the first being Earth Shaker and the second being Earth Breaker. Now, Earth Shaker has been out for a while, uh, but Earth Breaker is recent. I just wrote it this year. It was part of a, um, a big box set that was published earlier this year, and it was, it's actually currently part of a story bundle, which is also right now available only through this Thursday. November 14th. So make a note of that. If you'd like to get a sneak preview of that book, which won't officially be available for sale until January, then you're going to want to grab that story bundle because you can't get it anywhere else. So uh, it's called Earth Breaker. And I really loved writing that one. And I thought, you know what, let's go for a third book in the series. So I wrote, I'm starting to write Earth Taker. Um, about, let me think, 7,000 words in. I've been writing about 1,000 words a day for the last week. That's typically my pace when I'm in the heat of writing a a novel. And uh, I'm enjoying it so far. So that was a positive thing, a positive outcome for this last week. I'm really glad that I'm back to work. I I had sort of some downtime there for a while, and now I'm back in the trenches and slugging away. And I have to say, as a writer... I feel most actualized when, surprise, I'm writing. (laughs) It seems to be the way it goes. And I'll tell you a secret. When I'm not writing, when I'm not at the keyboard, right? I I mean, sometime during the day, right? When I don't get the writing in at all, I don't feel right. (laughs) I really, I get pretty rambunctious. Um, I have mood swings and it's, it's weird. It's just something that I have to do. Uh, sometime during the day, I have to write some fiction, ideally fiction. And if I don't let that part of me breathe and work and commit creativity, uh, then I, I don't feel like myself. And so I'm really happy to have this novel underway. I'm really glad, and I'm, I'm glad it's going well. So that's the big writing news from the last week. Um, there have also been some other developments as well. I did get some rejections. Uh, which uh, came in kind of a flurry, 
And uh, that's always fun <laughs> when you get a whole bunch at once. Now, once you've been in the professional writing game for a while, you learn that's part of life. That's part of the game. And you just have to get used to it. You have to get what they call the thick skin, right? I'm pretty good with that. Uh, but still, it's a little disappointing and it makes you want to work harder. It makes you want to double down and do even better for the next time you send something out. Improve the quality of your work. And uh, so it's a good motivator when taken in the right spirit. You can't get angry about it. You can't get upset about it. It's just going to drag you down psychically if you do that. So um, you try to use them as motivators. But nevertheless, I did get a bunch of them this week. Uh, But on the positive side, I also did a radio interview. uh, Because this week coming up, I'm going to be doing a presentation in downtown Johnstown about classic department stores. As you might know, I have written some books about classic department stores of Western Pennsylvania, in particular Glosser Brothers and Penn Traffic, which were based in downtown Johnstown. That's my hometown. That's where I live currently. And these department stores are long gone. They've been gone for decades, but they were around for a very long time, and they were the center of a lot of people's lives for a long time, and they're still fondly remembered. I loved those stores, and I, I just loved spending time there, shopping there with my family. I knew them best when I was a, a, little, a little boy and, um, and into a teenager. Um, well, Penn Traffic was closed by 1977. It closed right after the Johnstown flood, which was just wiped out, and they decided not to reopen. But uh, Glosser Brothers was still around for a while after that, so I did get to know that more in later years. But uh, anyway, I've written some books about these stores. Uh, You might be familiar with them. Uh, I wrote a a history of Glosser Brothers called Long Live Glossers. It's a big book. It's the complete history of the store and the company that revolved around it. Um, And then I also wrote a book called Pen Traffic Forever, which is a history of pen traffic. So these books have done really well for me. I've also done some fiction stories about the stores, in particular Glosser Brothers, and they've done pretty well too. I have a, a holiday series, which is based at Glosser Brothers during different periods of its history. So I have Christmas at Glossers, which is actually the first book that I wrote about any of these department stores. It was inspired by my wife, Wendy. Thank you, Wendy. It really got me on a great creative track. Uh, So Christmas at Glossers, then Halloween at Glossers, Easter at Glossers, Valentine's Day at Glossers, which I just wrote this year and published earlier this year, and uh, a Glossers Christmas love story, and now Thanksgiving at Glossers. So the series continues. Anyway, I'll be um, attending a presentation in uh, downtown Johnstown at a place called the Gallery on Gazebo, and that'll be Thursday, November 14th at 7 p.m. at the gallery on Gazebo. And um, I'll be making this presentation talking about the history of these classic department stores and what they meant to local people and myself, and what they meant especially uh, during the holiday seasons. So I'm very excited about doing this. It's, it's a great opportunity to talk to local people and also... It'll be a great opportunity to talk about my new book, Thanksgiving at Glossers. I'll be signing copies. Copies will be available for sale. Anyway, I did a radio interview at a local station um, this last Friday. 
And it was a lot of fun. It was with a guy named Bo Moore. He was the host. And if you're from the Johnstown area or have any knowledge of the Johnstown area, you'll know that Bo is a very very well-known musician. He's a renowned local guitarist and singer and performer. And um, you might know him best as part of a duo. It was uh, called Rachel and Bo. Uh, They played around for a long time uh, in the area. And... Uh, Bo is a uh, still a performer, but he also uh, hosts this radio show on this local station. So anyway, I went and talked to him for a while, and it went really well. I had a great time uh, talking to Bo, and the interview will air this week coming up. Um, Monday morning, I guess the bulk of the interview will air for the first time at 7, 10 a.m. on uh, the local stations. Uh, that would be, let's see... 1490 AM, also 103.5 and 104.5 FM. It'll be simulcast. But I think he's I think Bo's planning to play some excerpts throughout the week to help promote the event. So that was fun. I always enjoy being on the radio. Well, as you can tell, I like sitting here and talking into this microphone. Um, I, I have a good time uh, sort of going through things and, and talking about uh, my world and telling stories. And uh, so that's what I got to do Friday uh, when doing this interview. So I'm really looking forward to listening to it. In fact, I'm glad I had this conversation. I forgot I need to record that so I can hear it uh, played back. Anyway, so that's uh, one of the, the exciting things that I did this last week. Uh, I also, um, believe it or not, put up Christmas decorations. My wife wanted to get an early start this year. She is really excited about Christmas and wants to have a great holiday season this year. And so um, we got the tree up, put some decorations on that, and also I put out all the outdoor decorations. They're all up, which was a lot of work. (laughs) I mean, we don't blanket our house with you know, all kinds of decorations, but we have enough that it's kind of a challenge to get them all up. And and it's kind of a two-day process, right? By the time you get everything uh, assembled and put up in the right places and wired and plugged in and set the timers. And and then once once the uh, timers activate, then you get to see for real if everything works the way it's supposed to, which even if you've checked all the lights and devices uh, before positioning them to make sure that indeed they still work, (laughs) that they're not dead, you still always run into some kind of an issue. It's just like when you put up a pool, right? A swimming pool, when you set that up at the beginning of the season and you hook up the hoses and you connect the clamps and you get everything in place and you think, hey, everything's exactly where it should be. This is going to work like a charm. And then as soon as you open those uh, valves up and start the pump running, and you're in for an education in <laughs> exactly um, how things wear out over time, how little pinprick holes can de- develop in hoses, and uh, how rusty clamps can sort of lose their tensile strength over time. So, um, you know, it, it, actually everything worked out pretty well. I failed to set one timer, so like half the decorations weren't on tonight, um, Sunday night for the big test, uh, firing, but, uh, I was able to make a quick correction there. And then one of the projectors, we have a laser projector out in the yard. Well, we have three of them, but the one, uh, didn't come on right. Well, it was a simple matter of pushing a button. So, so far, 
so good. And I have to admit, I'm glad that that's done. It's a load off um, because usually we wait until after Thanksgiving, which is, I think, when most people put up their decorations, unless they are really big Christmas enthu- Christmas enthusiasts and like to get out there and get them done early. Um, but uh, still, it was it was a good it was a good thing. Uh, the weather was pretty nice. Yesterday was cold. It was in the 30s, maybe in the low 40s, and uh, today it was in the 50s. Uh, edging up to the low 60s, and it really wasn't bad. So it was nice. It's far superior to going out there when it's like 20 <laughs> degrees uh, Fahrenheit or in the teens or something, which I have done before, and trying to put those things up while your hands are frozen, your fingers have turned to ice, and, and you just you can't function properly. And you have to constantly be going indoors to warm up uh, in order to restore the movement in your in your extremities, and that's... Not not so much fun. So anyway, I got all that done. And oh, the other big news, I got some Lebanese food this week. Yeah! <laughs> yes! <laughs> this is like the equivalent of posting a photograph of what I've eaten <laughs> for dinner, right? On Facebook or whatever, in- Instagram. Um, but I just had to say, I had some, like last week I had some Indian food. We had a, an Indian festival in town. And this week uh, uh, I went to a, a local church St. Mary's, uh, what is it called here? St. Mary Antiochian Orthodox Christian Church. Uh, I have it written down, <laughs> which is helpful. And uh, every couple times a year, they have uh, what they call the Feast from the East, in which they prepare uh, Lebanese specialties, and then they're available to the public. You order them ahead of time, you go pick them up. And I'll tell you what, and I'm not profiting from this in any way, right? I don't attend there. I'm not getting any kind of kickback. But boy, that food was good. I still have some in the refrigerator downstairs. I can't wait to finish dipping into it, hopefully tomorrow, because I have tomorrow off, right, for the holiday. So from my day job, right? Not from my writing job, not from my home job. I'll be in a home office slugging away. But uh, I do have the day off from the day job, and I plan to enjoy some of those delicious specialties. I think my favorite, uh, believe it or not, was the black-eyed peas and celery, right? I never would have thought to put that combination of ingredients together. I mean, would you? I, maybe you would. I don't know. I wouldn't have. And uh, it was delicious. Oh my goodness. Loved it. Every bite was sensational. So in the baklava with pistachios uh, was delicious. Everything was, was so good. Wow. So anyway, that was a big deal for me. I, I'm a little bit too food-centered sometimes. I am kind of a foodie um, but that was, a, that was a nice thing. So that was my week <laughs> here in Bobland. Um, so anyway, that's, uh, that's what gets you caught up on some things that have been happening. Now, um, as you know, Thanksgiving's coming up. And so I just, I thought, you know, I've been giving it some thought as to what I'm thankful for. And, um, and, you know, I think it's maybe a good idea to reflect and, and talk about that a little bit, too, because sometimes we don't always think of those things, right? Sometimes we're caught up in our own lives, and we just keep, you know, rolling along, doing our, our daily work and just getting by and doing our thing, and we don't always pause to think. But uh, I have a lot of things to be thankful for. One of the key things here in the neighborhood where I live, uh, one of the things I'm really happy about is that you know, um, we don't have the, uh, we don't have Hell's Chickens around anymore. <laughs> They're gone. Um, who are, who, who are Hell's Chickens, you ask? Well, uh, I think I'll tell you about them later. 
right? A little bit later in the podcast, if I remember, right? Uh, re- remind me, okay, if I don't talk about them soon enough. Anyway, um, Hell's Chickens. That was quite a story, and it did inspire some of my writing, uh, which was, I guess, a bonus, but it, it was kind of a you know, challenge at the time. Anyway, I'm thankful that they're not around at this time. So um, let's talk about what I'm reading. That's something I like to talk about on this podcast. Uh, right now, uh, I'm in the middle of a novel, uh, which I'm actually listening to as an audiobook. It's called Where the Crawdads Sing, right? You might have heard of it. It is by um, Delia Owens. Delia Owens. And it's, uh, it's pretty good so far. I'm enjoying it. I'm not far enough in to uh, unequivocally recommend the book, but I am enjoying it so far, and it's holding my attention, which is saying something. <laughs> Sometimes I'll start an audio book or a print book, and I'll get so far into it, and I'll be like, oh, my God, no, I'm done. I'm done here. Uh, so in this case, I'm still listening, which is a plus. So I guess Delia did a pretty good job with that. I also started another audiobook recently. It's called The Overstory, which is pretty interesting. It's about trees and their relationships to people. And uh, I like the ideas, and, and I liked some of the prose. And, and I'm going to come back to it, but I did step away from it in order to move into uh, Delia's book, um, which, which I'm enjoying a great deal. And I think I'm going to come back to Overstory because... I, I did enjoy what I heard. So, you know, those, that's really, those are the books that I'm reading, which I count audiobook listening as reading. Uh, I've also been reading comics. That's always something that's going through my life. So let's uh, look at some of the comics that I've been reading this week. Event Leviathan from DC, uh, which uh, this is issue five. So it's almost to the ending of this uh, miniseries written by Brian Michael Bendis, and we're waiting for the big reveal of who the key bad guy in the series is, what his his or her real identity is. Um, so that's pretty good. I'm enjoying it. Alex Maleev is doing the art, and um, he and Brian Michael Bendis had done some work on Daredevil years ago, and I enjoyed that, so I thought, well, let's give us a try. I am kind of a DC reader um, often, but I like other stuff as well. For example... Reaver, which is from Skybound and Image Comics, and that's written by Justin Jordan, and uh, this is issue three that I read this week, and it's the latest chapter in this series, and I'm really enjoying it. Justin's doing a fantastic job. You could describe this as um, Game of Thrones meets The Dirty Dozen. I think that's how Justin encapsulated the story, and it is a pretty cool uh, series. I'm enjoying it a lot. It's about these characters in this sort of medieval world, which is sort of based on um, Revolution era uh, America, North America. And they're in search of something that they need to bring back. And they're all um, fugitives or, uh, well, not fugitives, but just rough characters in one way or another. And they're being, uh, yeah, they're being forced into doing. Uh, something for these um, for these people who uh, have some goals in mind, and anyway, there's conflict and uh, struggle, and it's there's an interesting character who's a a girl who's a cannibal, uh, who's sort of like the equivalent of a Native American type figure, and uh, she kind of pops out of the story and, and is a lot of fun. So I'm enjoying that. 
uh, that's Reaver by Justin Jordan and Rebecca Isaacs and uh, some other folks. And then I've also been reading House of X and Power of Powers of X. I've been catching up on those from Marvel Comics. Uh, those have been pretty entertaining. They're sort of reshaping the world of the X-Men. I had gotten away from the X-Men for a long time. It was really, I don't know, really getting hard to keep track of who was who, what was happening. I mean, I'm not an idiot, <laughs> but it was kind of getting difficult. They just had so much continuity piled in there and so many characters, so many books. It's almost impossible to uh, follow. But now they've so sort of um, gathered that together and started started things over in some ways and done things really in an interesting way with some interesting angles. I don't want to spoil anything for you, but I think if you have liked the X-Men in the past, uh, you would enjoy these two series. Looks like they're going to be a really cool jumping off point for the new X-Men series and some of the other ones that are coming out, X-Force, New Mutants, some other books, uh, which are spinning out of these, these uh, interconnected titles, House of X and Powers of X. Anyway, they've been pretty good. And I also, uh, just today, read Superman, issue 16, right? Superman 2019. And it was uh, pretty entertaining. I really only... I had it on my pull list because it's one of the um, comics in which they're bringing back the Legion of Superheroes or some of the characters affiliated with that group. I love the Legion of Superheroes. I, I've loved them since I was a kid. In fact, I have some of those action figures right in front of me on my desk. Um, I'm looking at them right now. And so they know <laughs> this is true. I'm a big fan of those characters. And they've been out of circulation for a long time. DC... Um, pulled the series uh, a couple of years back, and they just, they've been letting it rest, right, until they found just the right way to bring it back. And so um, Brian Michael Bendis has been working to resurrect these characters, and there's a new series coming out, and I'm looking forward to that. It should be coming out shortly. Uh, leading into that, they did a miniseries called Millennium, Legion of Superheroes Millennium, in which they built up to these characters. If you don't know the Legion, right, you're probably saying, who the heck are these folks? And really all you need to know is they are futuristic superheroes. The series is set in the 31st century, right, on Earth. And it's this group of futuristic superheroes. Each one is from a different planet. And they all have different superpowers. And there's like a whole bunch of them. Hence the term Legion. <laughs> and they just, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. It's like science fiction meets superheroes. And then there's also some soap opera type elements as well. You know, the different members of the group have relationships and dilemmas and situations and dramas and traumas. And it's, it's pretty good. Uh, so anyway, I'm really looking forward to that coming back. Now, what have I been watching? You might ask, Bob, what have you been watching on television perchance? Well, um, I've been watching the Watchmen series on HBO, and I'll tell you what, <laughs> I didn't think I was going to like this, but I'm loving it. I mean, really loving it. I kind of feel bad whenever somebody comes out with, with something else that's based on Watchmen, because that really wasn't the intent of the original um, author, Alan Moore, you know? Um, he And he really doesn't have a hand in it anymore, and these were his characters. He created them, and he, he, he envisioned the original series as a self-contained uh, start-to-finish work. And I think that's one of the reasons it has stood the test of time and continues to be so well-regarded by so many readers, right? Whether they're comics readers, graphic novel readers, or just readers in general. I mean, it's been really well-received. Uh, but it seems like other people, when they get involved, they don't always have that same 
power, right, uh, as, as Alan Moore, and, and, or that same love of the characters, that same understanding of the, tr- the kind of world that Alan was trying to build at the time. However, the new TV series on HBO is really fantastic, and it brings back some of those characters in unique ways, it tells the story in unique ways, and it really holds your attention. Like every episode, you're left wondering, what is going on? <laughs> Where are these people? Where's the story going? Who's this character? Who's that character? What are, their, what are they going to do next? What are their relationships? So it's a lot of fun. And uh, I can't believe it because when the trailers came out, I thought, wow, that does not look like a lot of fun. <laughs> I just thought, what are they doing? with? Is that even Watchmen? I mean, they had like masks like the one character from the series, Rorschach, and that was about all I could see that had any kind of similarity to the original Watchmen. And I thought, no, I don't want anything to do with this. But now that I've been watching it, I think I'm into episode three. I think maybe tonight was episode four. I didn't watch it yet. But it is solid, so I give you a high recommendation on Watchmen if you get a chance to watch it, whether you're a Watchmen fan or not. I think you would enjoy it. I'll tell you a secret. My wife has been watching it and loving it, which is high praise. She doesn't love all comics, right? In fact, she's not a real big comic book reader. Uh, but I encouraged her to read this or to watch this after reading some really solid um, reviews and. Uh, she's enjoyed it. She was not sorry that she started watching this. So Watchmen, high recommendation. Also, I highly recommend a movie that I just watched on Netflix, which is called Dolomite Is My Name, starring Eddie Murphy. Really wonderful movie. A lot of fun. It's about this uh, uh, African-American actor and performer back in the 70s who sort of got involved in blaxploitation filmmaking at the time, and he did this series of films based on this character that he had created called Dolomite, and it's sort of Eddie Murphy's return to form, right? And when I say return to form, I mean um, foul-mouthed form, and also um, a role with some depth um, that maybe was lacking from some of his more recent roles in performances for like some of these Disney films that he was in for a while. Uh, or like the Nutty Professor, or whatever. Some of those things that he was doing it just weren't. A, they were family friendly, but maybe not the kind of things that that I would look to for entertainment with some layers to it. But this Dolomite is my name. It's a great, fun movie. You would enjoy it. It's sort of like Ed Wood because it's like this guy and these friends of his, and they get together and they decide to make a movie against the odds, and it's a lot of fun, really funny. He's Eddie Murphy is back, and I highly recommend it. So that <laughs> brings us to uh, the next uh, item on our agenda, which would be uh, this, this week's reading. Every week I do a reading for you from something that I've written or am writing, and this week's reading is uh, from my new novel, Earth Taker, so you will get to hear a little bit of that before anybody else, okay? Don't tell anybody, <laughs> but this is a little excerpt from Earthtaker, and it, it's sponsored by um, my new uh, audiobook from um, Audible and Amazon and Apple, and it's called In a Green Dress Surrounded by Exploding Clowns and Other Stories. <laughs> it's, it's really a fun collection of stories. It's narrated and produced by Bill Lord, who is a uh, really great 
<clears throat> a really great performer, and he's at the top of his game, and he just nailed every story in this collection. So I hope you'll check it out. It's available on, again, on Audible, Amazon, and Apple iTunes. So be sure to check that out. It's <clears throat> in a green dress, <clears throat> surrounded by exploding clowns and other stories. So now, without further ado, here's the excerpt from Earthtaker. Now, the main character, Gaia Charmer, is on the run. She's been framed for a murder she didn't commit, and she's fleeing into the night by car with um, a woman named Mid Silvergon, who is a mysterious figure at this point in the book. So anyway, they just pulled into a highway rest stop, and Mid is uh, concealing some facts from her, but this, this is how it goes. If I'd still possessed my powers, I wouldn't have thought twice about going off by myself. But without them, I faced a, diff a different calculation. If what Mid had said about the whole world being against me was true, how could I stand on my own without a way to fight back? Again, I tested my connection with the Earth, reaching into the network of ley line energy and geologic forces. Just like before, nobody answered my call, and I felt nothing. The planet was still a void to me, its multitude of miraculous qualities so unreadable that they might as well have been non-existent. Stepping off the sidewalk into the grass, I crouched and pressed both hands to the ground, trying once more to tune in to the spark of the world. The result was the same as before. As I got back to my feet, still bereft of any link with the earth, I thought about running off into the woods anyway. Maybe the power loss was a temporary thing, and I'd be back to normal soon enough. Or maybe... It was permanent, and Mid-Silvergon was my best chance at survival. I sighed, thoroughly disgusted at the inevitable logic of my situation. As much as I wanted to go my own way, I knew I was better off staying the course, for now at least. Shaking my head, I turned to enter the building and stopped when I heard a sudden loud rumbling from the grassy area where I had just been crouching. Looking back, I saw the ground falling inward, the green turf sliding into a central vortex like water down a drain. Another sinkhole opened up a few yards away, and another, each spinning to life in the grassy, flat ground most commonly used for picnics and walking dogs. Hard hammering, I ran for the building. I burst through the door into the lobby, then charged into the restroom after that. The whole time, I kept hearing the rumbling from outside. Mid, I shouted. She looked up from the sink, an expression of alarm crossing her features. Without turning off the water or drying her hands, she ran past me and bolted out the door. As I followed her out of the building, I saw more sinkholes opening in the grass and sidewalk. When one crumbled directly in her path, Mid stopped and raised her hands, which were glowing brightly now. A fresh plug of sandstone surged up from the heart of the sinkhole at her command, filling the core as even more ground dropped away around it. Seeing her in action made me wish more than ever that I had my powers back. Come on! Walking as fast as she could, Mid skirted the edge of the plugged sinkhole, heading for the car. Even as I followed, a fresh pit fell open in the parking lot alongside us, and another consumed a stretch of sidewalk in our path. Mid slipped between the latest holes, grabbing the car keys out of her purse. She used the remote to unlock the doors and start the engine. As she pulled open the driver's side door, I ran to the passenger side and leaped in. She was halfway in the car herself when the pavement under her started sinking into another hole. Shooting across the seat, I grabbed her by the arms and hoisted her the rest of the way inside. Instead of stopping to thank me, she threw the car in reverse and stomped on the accelerator. The car burst backward just as the pavement crashed inward. Mid spun the wheel, whipping the car around, then threw it out of reverse and again stomped the pedal. 
The driver's side door swung shut as the car flew forward. We blasted out of the rest stop and onto the interstate at a high rate of speed, escaping with our lives. So there's your reading for this week. Uh, Again, it's from Earthtaker, which is a book in progress, and it won't be available for a while yet, probably February 2020 or maybe March. But in the meantime, I hope you'll pick up Earthshaker, which is the first book in the series uh, of Gaia Gaia Charmer's adventures, or um, also Earthbreaker, which is available right now only as part of the Saving the World story bundle, which you can can order through... um, Thursday, November 14th at midnight from storybundle.com. Just go to storybundle.com, click on the um, tab for Saving the World Bundle, and order up. And it's, it'll be very worthwhile for you, I promise. There are some really great books by some great authors. And a portion of your um, money, uh, a portion of the proceeds, will go to a great charity, which is called Able Gamers, which uses gaming to help improve quality of life <clears throat> for uh, folks who have uh, uh, disabilities or challenges of one kind or another. So it's a great organization, and it's a great story bundle. I, I know you'll enjoy it. So anyway, that's, uh, that's our reading for this episode. Let's see, uh, this week coming up, I hope you'll check out um, the story bundle, of course. I hope you'll also, uh, if you're in the Johnstown area, check out the radio show uh, on um, 1490 AM, 103.5 and 104.5 FM. It'll uh, be broadcast uh, Monday morning at 7.10. And uh, I, I know you'll enjoy it. It's Monday, um, November 11th. <clears throat> Either way, I'm sure it's going to be rebroadcast at some point online. And I'll point you to that when it, when it becomes available. And then Thursday, the 14th of November, if you're in the Johnstown area, I hope you'll stop by the gallery on Gazebo at 7 o'clock p.m., for my presentation on classic department stores and the holiday season, and maybe pick up a copy of my brand new book, Thanksgiving at Glossers, uh, which I promise you're going to enjoy if you love classic department stores and the holiday season. I'll sign it for you, and if you come to the event, I have some very cool surprises that I know you're going to enjoy, so I hope you'll stop by. And It'll be great to talk to you anyway. Just tell me you heard the podcast and you enjoyed it, and... and uh, and we'll have some nice uh, prizes uh, in store for you to make your visit worthwhile. So that brings us to the uh, last segment of the podcast uh, in which I like to talk about a closing thought. This week, uh, I've been thinking a little bit about the writer's life. Uh, As I talked about earlier, I had some ups and downs this week, and that's how it is with all writers. Even if they don't talk about it, I promise you, they have ups and downs in their career, Every week, sometimes, a lot of times, they come in the same day, sometimes in the same hour, and it can be a challenge to muddle through, uh, especially the down parts, right? But it's part of all writers' journeys, and it's good for you to keep that in mind wherever you are on the spectrum of writing, Um, whether you're a new writer or someone who's been doing it for a little while or somebody who's been doing it for a long time. Um, Don't be discouraged when you get those uh, clusters of rejections or bad reviews or whatever, (laughs) Um, hiccups in your composition, right? Uh, Things happen, and you just have to remember and keep in perspective that uh, good things are going to happen too, and uh, 
they likewise will happen to you as well as the bad things. And you just keep it in perspective, balance it out. And that is the writer's life. And it's rewarding. It's a rewarding existence because you get the um, ability to create these worlds and these stories. And it's a lot of fun. And you can reach people and help people to understand things about the world and about their lives that they might not otherwise see in the same way. And it's, it's just, it's a great way to, um, to express yourself and also uh, to make a living or at least part of a living. So that's the writer's journey, the writer's life. And that's our closing thought for this week on the introverted exhibitionist podcast. Thank you for joining me. It was really great to spend this time with you. I hope you'll come back again next week for the fourth big edition of the IE cast. Uh, in the meantime, keep in mind the things that we've talked about, and I hope you'll check me out on social media. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter as at the Fictioneer. Okay. I'm also on Instagram as Robert Jashanik, as I am on Facebook. And you can find me on Patreon also as Robert Jashanik. In fact, I, I hope you'll stop by Patreon and check out my page and hopefully consider becoming one of my patrons because I've got some great rewards in store. We just redid the page. We just redid the reward tiers. And I think it's more rewarding than ever uh, to support me through Patreon. It's, uh, it's, just, it's a great way uh, for, for all of us to support creative artists, people whose work we enjoy, and to help their lives to be um, um, successful in different ways and to encourage them to keep great work coming. So um, stop by there and, and do what you can. And I also hope that you'll uh, leave a rating or review when you get a chance on iTunes or Stitcher or um, wherever you're hearing this cast uh, because it, it really does help and it helps keep me motivated. So um, I hope you'll do that and I hope you'll join us next week. I hope you have a wonderful week yourself. If you're a writer, keep on writing. If you're an artist, keep on arting. If you're a musician, keep on playing and just keep on doing what you're doing. Whatever it is that you love most, I hope you'll continue to do it as long as it doesn't hurt somebody else, right? And uh, as long as you find it fulfilling and worthwhile and I hope you'll continue to do that and uh, be a part of your own creative journey just as I have my creative journey in progress as well. And then we all kind of intermingle in our creativities combine and make the world a richer place and I think we can all agree that that is something very worthwhile and very worth working for so that's it for this week's edition of the introverted exhibitionist podcast have a wonderful week and please come back again next time join me on the next edition of the IE cast we'll talk to you then